This is day 102 of our daily Bible reading. We'll be completing Psalms chapters 28 through 32. Heavenly Father, thank you for this day. Thank you for blessing us so much and giving us a fresh mercy this morning to come to your word and to be able to feast on it, to meditate upon it, and to help us to absorb it, Lord, into our very souls so that we do not stray from your path, that we don't lose sight of the hope that we have in you and your calling for us in our lives. Please have mercy on us. Please give us the light of life in our, in our eyes and our minds, or that we would pursue these things that we know are right, but sometimes we have to let things go that are in the way. And that's so hard sometimes, Lord, but we know that we are more than conquerors through you. Help us to conquer these things in our lives that hold us back. Please bless us today as we read your word. In Jesus' name, amen. To you, O Lord, I call. My rock, do not be deaf to me. For if you are silent to me, I will become like those who go down to the pit. Hear the voice of my supplications when I cry to you for help, when I lift up my eyes toward your holy sanctuary. Do not drag me away with the wicked and with those who work iniquity, who speak peace with their neighbors while evil is in their hearts. Requite them according to their work and according to the evil of their practices. Requite them according to the deeds of their hands. Repay them their recompense. Because they do not regard the works of the Lord, nor the deed of his hands. He will tear them down and not build them up. Blessed be the Lord, because he has heard the voice of my supplication. The Lord is my strength and my shield. My heart trusts in him, and I am helped. Therefore, my heart exults. And with my song, I shall thank him. The Lord is their strength, and he is a saving defense to his anointed. Save your people and bless your inheritance. Be their shepherd also and carry them forever. Ascribe to the Lord, O sons of the mighty. Ascribe to the Lord glory and strength. Ascribe to the Lord the glory due to his name. Worship the Lord in holy array. The voice of the Lord is upon the waters. The God of glory thunders. The Lord is over many waters. The voice of the Lord is powerful. The voice of the Lord is majestic. The voice of the Lord breaks the cedars. Yes, the Lord breaks in pieces the cedars of Lebanon. He makes Lebanon skip like a calf, and Syrian like a young wild ox. The voice of the Lord hews out flames of fire. The voice of the Lord shakes the wilderness. The Lord shakes the wilderness of Kadesh. The voice of the Lord makes the deer to calve and strips the forests bare. And in his temple, everything says, Glory. The Lord sat as king at the flood. Yes, the Lord sits as king forever. The Lord will give strength to his people. 
the Lord will bless his people with peace. I will extol you, O Lord, for you have lifted me up, and have not let my enemies rejoice over me. O Lord my God, I cried to you for help, and you healed me. O Lord, you have brought up my soul from Sheol. You have kept me alive, that I would not go down to the pit. Sing praise to the Lord, you his godly ones, and give thanks to his holy name. For his anger is but for a moment, his favor is for a lifetime. Weeping may last for the night, but a shout of joy comes in the morning. Now, as for me, I said in my prosperity, I will never be moved. O Lord, by your favor you have made my mountain to stand strong. You hid your face, I was dismayed. To you, O Lord, I called and to the Lord I made supplication. What profit is there in my blood if I go down to the pit? Will the dust praise you? Will it declare your faithfulness? Hear, O Lord, and be gracious to me. O Lord, be my helper. You have turned for me my mourning into dancing. You have loosed my sackcloth and girded me with gladness that my soul may sing praise to you and not be silent. O Lord my God, I will give thanks to you forever. In you, O Lord, I have taken refuge. Let me never be ashamed. In your righteousness, deliver me. Incline your ear to me. Rescue me quickly. Be to me a rock of strength, a stronghold to save me. For you are my rock and my fortress. For your name's sake, you will lead me and guide me. You will pull me out of the net which they have secretly laid for me, for you are my strength. Into your hand I commit my spirit. You have ransomed me, O Lord, God of truth. I hate those who regard vain idols, but I trust in the Lord. I will rejoice and be glad in your loving kindness, because you have seen my affliction. You have known the troubles of my soul, and you have not given me over into the hand of the enemy. You have set my feet in a large place. Be gracious to me, O Lord, for I am in distress. My eye is wasted away from grief, my soul and my body also. For my life is spent with sorrow and my years with sighing. My strength has failed because of my iniquity, and my body has wasted away. Because of all my adversaries, I have become a reproach, especially to my neighbors, and an object of dread to my acquaintances. Those who see me in the street flee from me. I am forgotten as a dead man out of mind. I am like a broken vessel. For I have heard the slander of many. Terror is on every side. While they took counsel together against me, they schemed to take away my life. But as for me, I trust in you, O Lord. I say, you are my God. My times are in your hand. 
Deliver me from the hand of my enemies and from those who persecute me. Make your face to shine upon your servant. Save me in your loving kindness. Let me not be put to shame, O Lord, for I call upon you. Let the wicked be put to shame. Let them be silent in Sheol. Let the lying lips be mute, which speak arrogantly against the righteous with pride and contempt. How great is your goodness, which you have stored up for those who fear you, which you have wrought for those who take refuge in you, before the sons of men. You hide them in the secret place of your presence from the conspiracies of men. You keep them secretly in a shelter from the strife of tongues. Blessed be the Lord, for he has made marvelous his loving kindness to me in a besieged city. As for me, I said in my alarm, I am cut off from before your eyes. Nevertheless, you heard the voice of my supplications when I cried to you. O oh, love the Lord, all you his godly ones, the Lord preserves the faithful and fully recompenses the proud doer. Be strong and let your heart take courage, all you who hope in the Lord. How blessed is he whose transgression is forgiven, whose sin is covered. How blessed is the man to whom the Lord does not impute iniquity and in whose spirit there is no deceit. When I kept silent about my sin, my body wasted away through my groaning all day long. For day and night your hand was heavy upon me, and my vitality was drained away as with the fever heat of summer. Salah. I acknowledged my sin to you, and my iniquity I did not hide. I said, I will confess my transgressions to the Lord. And you forgave the guilt of my sin. Salah. Therefore, let everyone who is godly pray to you in a time when you may be found. Surely in a flood of great waters they will not reach him. You are my hiding place. You preserve me from trouble. You surround me with songs of deliverance. Salah. I will instruct you and teach you in the way which you should go. I will counsel you with my eye upon you. Do not be as the horse or as the mule which have no understanding, whose trappings include bit and bridle to hold them in check. Otherwise, they will not come near to you. Many are the sorrows of the wicked, but he who trusts in the Lord, loving kindness shall surround him. Be glad in the Lord and rejoice, you righteous ones, and shout for joy, all you who are upright in heart. Today's reading was very special to me because a couple of years ago, during a low point in my life, I was struggling with depression and purpose and all that. And these were psalms that I spent a lot of time in and studied and felt comfort in them. And it's nice to come back to them 
and be reminded of the goodness of the Lord in them. So we see in chapter 28 that this is a lament at the beginning, where David is petitioning the Lord to save him from his enemies, as some of his other psalms do. And at one point, I considered myself to be similar to the people described in verse 5 as to why I'm going through the hardships I'm going through and why I feel like my connection to God had been severed. Because they did not regard the works of the Lord, nor the deeds of his hands. He will tear them down and not build them up. But looking back, I didn't understand what I was reading. Because this doesn't apply to me at all. This is directly for the wicked. But I do believe, though, that at the time, I was not fully surrendering to the Lord. And that's why he withdrew from me, because I withdrew from him. And that's why he felt so far away. So we need to regard the works of the Lord and the deed of his hands. We need to obey his word, and we need to keep him in mind all the day long so that we don't fall into the same trap I did. But I loved that a few months later, I spent living in verse 5, and then I was able to go into verse 6. Blessed be the Lord, because he has heard the voice of my supplication. But guess what? He's never going to hear your voice of supplication if you are never giving him supplication. And how do you give him supplication? In prayer. If you're not praying, he's not going to answer your prayers, obviously, because you're not praying anything. You do not have because you do not ask, as James would say. So we need to make sure that we are not only trusting the Lord, like he says here, the Lord is my strength and my shield. My heart trusts in him and I am helped. Therefore, my heart exults. It is overjoyed. That's what exults means. And with my song, I shall thank him. The Lord is their strength and he is a saving defense to his anointed. We are his anointed. But you can't Always get the help you need from God if you're not asking for it. So I encourage us to make sure that we're having a healthy prayer life. And I believe it was Oswald Chambers who said that there's something to the effect of where prayer life is a defining feature to your spiritual maturity. And if you're a person of prayer, then you fully understand the power of prayer. And you understand that everything is a petition to God, and God responds in his own way. Chapter 29 is a hymn of praise to God, ascribing glory and wonders to him, and just how powerful his voice is. And you see all the many things that his voice does, right? It causes his glory to thunder, his voice is powerful, it's majestic, it breaks trees, Meaning, because cedars, he talks about breaking the cedars of Lebanon. Those were considered in those days to be the best quality, strongest trees in the area. And to break a cedar from Lebanon, that had to be very strong. That was considered a remarkable feat of strength. Obviously, God can do that effortlessly. 
his voice hews out flames of fire. It certainly does, right? It rains fire upon us, not only in judgment, but also it lights a fire under us when we're not doing something right. That conviction of the Holy Spirit. The voice of the Lord shakes the wilderness. The voice of the Lord makes the deers to calve. You just see such wonderful things that it does because his voice is what does everything, really. Everything is existing today because he spoke it into existence. The word of the Lord is perfect, is what he's trying to describe here. And everything glorifies him. And the Lord sits on his throne as king. Chapter 30 is another psalm of David, which is a thanksgiving psalm. Very short, but this is a very important verse to remember, is that we are not supposed to be afraid of God to approach him. We should be approaching him with awe and reverence and the proper posture of heart, yes. But we should not be afraid to approach him because he loves us. And his anger for us is gone at this point because his wrath is satisfied in the, in the sacrifice of Christ on the cross. His anger is but for a moment, which for us has now been gone. It's past. And his favor is now for a lifetime, for eternity. Weeping may last for the night, but a shadow joy comes in the morning. Now, this can be interpreted two ways. Things always seem fresher in the morning, don't they? Let's see it from a practical perspective. When we go to bed and we're just worried about stuff and stressed and anxious, and when we go to sleep, the Lord gives us peace and our minds start to sort things out and we wake up refreshed. And that's God's doing. But in another way, this can also be symbolic as to the night is this current life, right? There will be trouble. There will be weeping. There will be hardships in this life. But a shout of joy comes in the morning. And that morning is when we are glorified in our new bodies. And we get to experience the new heavens and the new earth with God forever in our new existence. That is the shout of joy that we have. So you can see it as both a practical application as well as prophecy. Chapter 31 is another lament. It is first off uh, starting with a prayer that David has toward God, how he is again distressed and he needs help to deliver, be delivered from his enemies. And what's interesting as well is Jesus quotes verse 5, Into your hand I commit my spirit. And that is exactly what happened, right? The second half, You have ransomed me, O Lord, God of truth. Certainly he has. He has certainly ransomed us. The ransom has been paid in full by Christ. And this is important also because there are some people out there that tend to think that Jesus died on the cross because he was killed. Or that he really was not dead. He was just passed out. Both of those are incorrect. He was very much dead. That's why they poked him with a spear. And... What came out was blood and water. And this is significant because when you are dead, your body makes that. It's not something that is made when you're alive. So 
It was proof that he was really dead, that piercing of his side. So he was really dead. But what's important to know is he was not killed. He clearly said, I commit my spirit into your hand, Father. Nobody can take my life away from me. I give it freely. And so he said, it is finished, and he surrendered his spirit to the Father. He was not killed, murdered on the cross by man. They tried to, but they couldn't kill him. He gave his life freely for our sins. So it's very important we understand that aspect, because if we are not strong enough to kill God, I know there's a lot of people in this world today that want to kill God because they don't like being controlled, but you cannot. Simply not possible, and I wouldn't have it any other way. Chapter 32 was probably my most precious of them today because it talks about the nature of sin. This is a very important one to understand on how sin works, right? So this is a, first off, a vote of confidence that you see from David at the very beginning, how if you go to the Lord in petition for your sins to be forgiven, it reinforces what John said in 1 John 1, 9, right? That if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to, to forgive our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. So he, this is exactly what happens. How blessed is he whose transgression is forgiven, whose sin is covered as in wiped away, covered as in you're not going to see it anymore, right? Not just satisfied, but he'll remember them no more. It's as far as the east is from the west. That's how close your sins are going to be. They're never going to meet again. And it's not that God forgets, like he literally forgets. What he's saying is he doesn't hold it against you. It no longer matters to him because it's been satisfied. How blessed is the man to whom the Lord does not impute iniquity and in whose spirit there's no deceit. We are free from that. We still sin, but we are free from that curse because we are no longer under death. We are under life. And the law does not apply to us anymore. And isn't this true as well of sin that we keep to ourselves and that we allow to fester in our lives? When I kept silent about my sin, my body wasted away through my groaning all day long. It bothers you as it should because you're a child of God. You are way beyond menial sins. Sin should not define us. In fact, it is incompatible with our new creature status. And so that's why it's so uncomfortable for us to sin. And it's not the same as it used to be. If you remember, if you were old enough to remember being a sinner, sin wasn't as, isn't as fun now as it once was, right? Because we know that we have that Holy Spirit in us to give us that conscience and to give us that discernment, that conviction. We're just not the same after we got saved, because we're not the same creature anymore. But if we allow sin to be hidden within us, it will poison us from the inside out. And everyone has those addictions. Everyone has those vices in their lives that are doing this to them. 
but we need to eliminate those things and distractions from our lives. And verse 4, you see, day and night, your hand was heavy upon me. My vitality was drained away. Lord, you were convicting me. You were showing me my sin, and I have to address it. And I did address it, and that's what verse 5 says. I acknowledged my sin to you. I confessed to you. I did not hide my iniquity from you. I told you everything. I confessed all my heart to you, Lord. I said, I will confess to the Lord, and you forgave the guilt of my sin. Not just the sin itself, but the guilt of it. And the guilt of that is that act of being guilty, right? And we are guilty if we are not saved by grace. So God has removed the guilt from our sin. He will make us feel that guilt in this life, but his judgment at his white throne is not going to be guilty any longer because we are saved by Christ. Amen and amen. Because of this, when you go to verse 6, it starts with the word therefore. The word therefore is important because it's drawing to mind what was just previously said. So what we just talked about, keeping those things in mind, therefore, let everyone who is godly pray to you in a time when you may be found. Very interesting language because, sure, yes, we are supposed to go to the Lord with our prayers and petitions and confess freely our sins, which we should be doing. That is absolutely essential. But it says also that do it when you may be found, which means that he will not always be found. Either by his own choosing, he chooses not to be found, or there will be a time where it's too late. And we don't know when that is. Either when the Lord returns, or we die. There will be a time where it's too late. That's why, especially when we do the call to salvation at church, the call to repentance, usually we throw that in there. Don't delay, because you don't know what's going to happen tomorrow. The decision you make today could have eternal application and have an eternal impact on your destination. Don't delay. And the same thing with repentance. We should not delay repentance. We need to repent, and we need to repent now. Because until we do, we are not effective in God's eyes. Because we're holding back. We're not fully surrendering to him just like the rich young ruler, right? He said, well, do you, have you, do you know all the commandments? Yeah, yeah, I know all the, all the commandments. Have you kept them? Yeah, yeah, I've kept all of them since I was young. And Jesus is like, very good, but there's one thing you lack. Give all your possessions away to the poor and follow me. And he, ran, he went away because he loved his money so much. You can put money aside and you can put something else in there and it'll be applicable to you. Why do we hold back? Why do we hold back? Is it because of unbelief? Is it because we're afraid? Is it because we think that God's going to take something away from us if we serve him? But if we really think these things, then we are telling God that he is not sufficient. And that is a terrible thing to realize, is that I 
don't have the faith to trust that God can take care of everything. Surely that cannot be us, because that's not what we're called to do. And Paul has said it many times, we're not called to a spirit of timidity. We're not called to a spirit of fear, but of confidence and action and boldness in the gospel. Let the gospel be what defines you, not your own fears and anxieties. I am not an anxious person by nature, and I know some people struggle with that and other mental issues of that kind, but that's not what God has called us to be. That may be your vice, so to speak, but God has called us to live an anxiety-free life, a full confidence in his ability to provide. David is showing us that is what's necessary. And we need to follow in his footsteps because he was a man after God's own heart. He knew better than most. And this is anointed by the Holy Spirit. So certainly these words are truth. But that's all I have for today. Thank you for listening. I'm Ryan, and we'll see you next time. Take care, and God bless you.